0: death of the firstborn. So Moshe tells Paro the plague is going to happen around midnight. Not exactly midnight, around midnight. The commentaries are wondering why does it say around midnight? And the answer is is that the astrologers of the Pharaoh, they mistakenly may think that the plague is is not exactly happening at, at midnight because of their calculations. And Moshe Benu, said it's going to happen exactly at midnight. So because uh, they may make an error, and they may misinterpret the the uh, time of midnight. Therefore, in order to, not to give room for them for them to think that Moses is lying, therefore he says around midnight will be the will be the plague. The question was like this: Why did the Pharaoh have to know what time was going to happen at all? Why was it important for him to know the exact time? By all other plagues, doesn't say what time the plague started. And so here, it's important to tell them when it's going to start, exactly when it's going to start. And so much so to tell them you shouldn't, shouldn't even be a like room to think that, it, that it's off. Why is it so important? Another thing that uh, is unique about this plague is that by all the other plagues, Jewish people didn't have to do anything special in order to um, protect themselves from the plague. However, by this plague, they had to do something unique. They had to put on the doorpost the blood of the circumcision, and the blood of the Paschal Lamb, and the purpose of putting the blood there was to protect themselves from the angel of death. The angel of death is going to destroy the um, going to destroy all the, the Egyptians, in order that the, the angel of death shouldn't come to the Jewish homes too, therefore they have to... Um, it's terrible, totally, it's terrible. In order shouldn't attack the Jewish homes too, so therefore they had to um, put on the doorpost the um, the, the, these, 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 uh, the blood of the circumcision and to show that this home is different.
1: Circumcision? Yeah. How did that? I never heard
0: that before. Yeah, I mean, the blood of the circumcision and the blood of the Passover.
1: So, I mean, everybody had a circumcised that
0: night? Yeah. In fact, it's interesting, the Talmud says that not everyone wanted to get circumcised and God made a miracle at the... At the um, uh, lamb that Moses offered to have this amazing fragrance that fragrance should spread throughout Egypt and everyone who didn't want to get circumcised before wanted to get circumcised because they weren't, it, 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 there was some kind of divine aroma in Moses' sacrifice therefore all people who weren't interested before uh, agreed to be circumcised then. Anyway so um, another thing that's unique about this plague is that by all the other plagues there's no instruction of God everyone stay at home. Mm-hmm. Quarantine. They wanted to be quarantined. Everyone, everyone would go outside and nothing would happen to them. Only by this plague was there this unique thing that everyone has to, um, everyone has to stay at home. The question is, why is this plague different that they had to um, stay at home? So one explanation is, is that by all other plagues, there was a certain limit, a certain method that the plague um, used to inflict damage upon the Egyptians. The plague of blood, for example, it harmed them, but it harmed them by the water being transformed to blood. So since there was a certain limit, certain filter, if you will, of how the angel of death could exercise his attack on the Egyptians, therefore there was no need to have the Jewish people to protect themselves because it wasn't like a, a, uh, you didn't have a carte blanche license to attack any way you wanted, and therefore there there was already some kind of filter there, and therefore the Jewish people didn't have to protect themselves. That's what you, way you might want to answer why the plague of the firstborn was unique in that the, the angel of death, death could kill him any way he wanted to, and because it was a unique license, therefore the Jewish people need to have a, uh, a, 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 something to show that, they, that they're different because angel of death has more reign. That's one explanation. A deeper idea, that same idea, that same concept is that, by all the other plagues, it says the purpose of the plague in the order that the Egyptians should know that God is God. So who needs to have the plague? Those who don't know that God is God. So therefore the Jewish people who already did know that, that Hashem is God, didn't need the plagues. That's by the first nine plagues. For the purpose of the plagues was, as God said, the Yedah that they should know that I am God. But the plague of the firstborn, this plague, this was totally about destroying the firstborn, not about refining them and elevating them and making them have a connection to God But it was about destruction. So then the angel of death could say, why are these the Jews are different than the Egyptians. Why do they not deserve uh, to be punished as well? The Jewish people are also adulterers as the Egyptians are. So uh, why they were sunk into the 49th gate of impurity. The so there's room to think that the angel of death, the angel that represents God's justice, he should meet out justice not only to the Jews, not only to the Egyptians, but also to the Jews. Now it does say, when we say this in Agada that God himself came to Egypt to give the plague. It says, I myself came down. I'm not an angel. I am not a messenger. I myself came down. However, it's not only God, it also says the angel of death, death was there as well. And so it basically comes out two things. In, since there was a free reign to the angel of death to kill the Egyptians any way he wanted to, therefore Jewish people need to have a sign to show that they were different. Number two, the um, Jewish people also had to um, stay at home, and um, yeah, so, so number one, God said don't go outside. Number two, not only should not go outside, but even in their homes need to have a special sign in order to protect themselves from the angel of death. So the question is still about the attribute of justice. It's not about just the factual fact that this this, this angel of death is running around killing people so he might kill the Jews too. There's a problem. We asked, what's what's the reason the angel of death has to be able to kill people? Because they deserve death. So the attitude of justice has a point. The Jews deserve death too, they're also idolaters. How does a sign in their homes um, protect them if they're deserving of death just like the Egyptians are? So, who, so they have signs in their home. The signs in their home doesn't doesn't address their their liability for their, for punishment because they're also adulterers. Who cares if they have signs in their home? They, they, this is a Jewish home. Jews, Jews are also the the attitude of justice are saying the Jews deserve to die too. What's the point? What, what's the um, meaning of that signs in their home? That's why they're protected.
1: <laughs>
0: so this is the explanation of why the plague had to happen at midnight. The, the truth is that if, you, if looking at things from the perspective of justice, indeed, the Jewish people would be culpable of punishment as the Egyptians were. Mm-hmm. However, that's only if you're looking at things from the realm of logic and justice. However, the plague of the, first, of the smiting of the firstborn, this plague came from God himself, was beyond logic and beyond the calculations of justice. And therefore, there's no room for, for the claims that could have been made. Yes, the claims could have been made. But God in Jewish people himself, and he went beyond the normal order of justice. And that's the reason why it had to happen at midnight. What's um, the idea of midnight? Midnight is a time when there is a revelation of that which is beyond the spiritual cosmos. In general, nighttime... Has, is associated with justice. Light, light is not there, the light is hidden. But in light night time itself, there are different parts of the night. Um, the first part of the night, as it gets darker and darker, is associated with Gura. There's more ghura in the first half of the night where Hashem is making the light less and less. The second half of the night, as it starts to get brighter, is associated with Chesed, Shem's kindness. So the moment of midnight, it fuses together chesed and vura. It fuses together two opposite things. How can it fuse together two opposite things? It's because in the moment of midnight, there's a revelation that which is beyond the spiritual cosmos. It's therefore, it fuse together these two halves of the night. So, in other words, at, at the in the plague of the firstborn, there was a revelation of the love that God has for the Jewish people that comes from his essence. A love that's beyond any kind of calculation. A love that's beyond any kind of definition. Indeed, if you look at the Jewish people, you would say, Esau is a brother to Jacob. Esau is like Yaakov, the Egyptians are like the Jews. They're both doing the wrong thing. They're both emerged and immersed and obsessed with impurity, with the wrong things. So looking at, 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 at things from the, uh, from the logically according to justice, Esau is a brother to Yaakov. But God says, I love Esau, I love Yaakov, I know. I love Yaakov. Despite the fact that Asim a brother to Yaakov and they look the same, nevertheless it's my kid, it's my child. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. It doesn't matter if it's logical. I, want my, I love my kid. So that's why Moses told the Pharaoh exactly when the plague was going to happen. In order that the Pharaoh and his astrologers would be able to understand why this was happening. If you would tell them, well, the, the, the Jewish people are being rescued and all the Egyptians born, firstborn are going to be killed because the, he, we deserve to be freed, Pharaoh knows what's going on. Pharaoh knows the Jews are also sunk in the 49 gates, gates of impurity. What are you talking about? You guys are so much better than us. It doesn't make any sense. It's not going to happen. So therefore, Moses told him it's happening at midnight in order to tell them that this is not about... Um, refinement and elevation it's about destruction the Egyptians are going to be destroyed and the reason why we're not going to be destroyed is because this is something which comes from the the love of Hashem which is beyond all logic and reason Um, but that still leaves us with a question if that's true that God revealed his love for us then what's the point of the signs if we're talking about a love that comes from God's essence to every one of us so then we shouldn't need any signs what's the other sign the answer is is that even something which is beyond the spiritual cosmos, which, has, which is beyond any kind of definition, all godly flow, Hashem wants to, that should be brought to the world through our efforts. So it, yes, it exists in a way that's intrinsic. The love God has for us is intrinsic. It's not it's conditional. And yet, Hashem wants in order for this love to be revealed in this world, in order to, to, to make, this, make this something that's manifest, to do something to bring it down. And therefore, we have to do something in order to channel this
1: love.
0: To do something, though, that's similar to what we're trying to draw down. Just like we're trying to draw and reveal God's love for us, which is beyond logic and reason, so too we have to do something also in ourselves that's also beyond logic and reason. And that's why the sign on the Jewish homes on that night, the night of the the killing of the firstborn, what was the sign? The sign was the blood of circumcision and the blood of the Paschal lamb. Both of those signs expressed a devotion to God beyond logical reason. When a Jew make, has a circumcision, we doesn't it's not connected to logic. Take an eight-day-old child, and you he circumcise him; he's not ready for it. And so, to the mitzvah of the Paschal lamb, doesn't make any sense because the Egyptians worship the Paschal lamb, going and God didn't just say to slaughter it secretly and He said, take it at your home for four days before. Amas bin Kharash said, why did God say take it at your home for four days before? That so the Egyptians will ask you, hey, why is my God in your house? What are do you doing with my God? What's the matter with you? We should tell them, we should have the fortitude to tell them that we were commanded by God to take this lamb and offer as a, as a sacrifice to God. That absolute um, devotion to God beyond logical reason, that elicited, the love of God to us that made it manifest made it made something that was not just existed but actionable, we did an action to draw this love down and therefore it caused it to be revealed So this also explains another thing, our sages say that it was the merit of our faith in God that we were redeemed from Egypt the Jewish people believed, the Torah says that by Yom and Ham, believed in, in the in redemption and it was because their faith in God that God redeemed them
1: why is faith
0: relevant again it's the same thing faith the blood of the circumcision the blood of the Paschal Lamb all express this idea of devotion to God beyond logical reason breaking a covenant with God an everlasting covenant no matter what happens we're going to love God even though they were not eight days old but the idea of circumcision is we're we're making this commitment to you we're tattooing it into our flesh uh, and we're we're bringing this Paschal Lamb despite the fact that this is what the Egyptians worship. This is something that that, that expresses the um, a devotion to God beyond logical reason, and so to our faith in God, despite the fact that we're in Egypt for over two hundred years, we believe that God's going to take us out of Egypt. That that's something that um, was 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 well, unfathomable. I mean, in Egypt, not one slave could leave; Egypt. It, it was impossible for anyone to leave. And here we're saying that everyone's going to leave, three million people are going to leave, to leave. It didn't make any sense, and. And with this, this simple faith we had in God, despite the, all the torture that we we're experiencing throughout the slavery, despite the fact that you know, Pharaoh was bathing in Jewish children's blood, and yet we believe, no, God's going to take the side of Egypt. In that circumstance, while that's happening, um, that, that defended us against the, the accusation of the attribute of justice, who's saying, why are the Jews different than the Egyptians? we expressed our love and our devotion to God beyond logical reason and that brought down God's salvation also hey, from a place which is which is beyond logical reason there is um. Paul so far yes. any, any questions so far?
1: yeah I, I, I mean I'm not doubting you I just I understand why circumcision could be at the same time as the past that that to me. But we make such a big deal that on the third day of circumcision, it's so painful, you know, that you can kill the whole uh, village of Shechem, uh, Shechem, so forth and so on. And then how many days was it between that and the, the time of spilling the Red Sea? I
0: had, leave, I had to leave that night. They had to go that night. They had to the go se- that night, yes. but then And seven s- days later.
1: Seven days later. Yeah,
0: that's a good point in yeah. how they're traveling so okay. easily. It must have been some miracles involved in their... In the yeah, and you'd think that that would be... I of it as well. No. Very good point. Okay. Okay, so regarding the, the idea that will happen at midnight, Mikhotel brings two opinions about this midnight thing. One opinion is that the creator of night divided the night, and the other opinion is the one who knows the time, the one who knows, knows the hours, he is the one who, the, who divide the night. That's the, those are the two opinions in the Chol. The Creator divide the night, but the one who knows the times divide the night. What's the What are they discussing? What's the argument? So Radavaz explains like this. The difference between those opinion, the two opinions is as follows. According to the first opinion, God, who has created the night, he stopped the orbit of the hosts of heaven. He stopped the order of the, over the planets, and and he and he stopped it in order that um, the first half of the night and the second half of the night are divided. According to the second opinion, there was no miracle needed to happen. God, who knows exactly when, what time is what, He knows exactly every moment. So, even though a human being cannot know exactly when midnight is, but uh, God, He does, and He knew exactly when midnight, midnight is. That, that's, that's the second opinion. So you need to understand the inner meaning of these two opinions. And why was there a need, especially in the first opinion, for there to be a miracle for God to divide, to stop the orbit of the planets or to make the plague happen exactly at midnight? What, what does that mean? Uh, does that, is that the uh,
1: question? Well, that would confound the astrologers for sure. changed
0: <laughs> the You know, you stop the rotation. Stop the rotation? Yeah.
1: Because that would stop at midnight. If, if,
0: degrees, I don't said the sun, it's It says in the Mephulta, the Mephulta says, one is that the, the, the creator of night divide the night. Second opinion is that the one who knows the time of the night, he is the one who, who divide the night. So so there's no miracle, This God knows exactly when to do it. A human being can't know when he does. So the explanation of these two opinions is as follows. It's certain that the divine flow of the miracle of the the killing of the firstborn came from beyond the spiritual cosmos. The the argument between between these two opinions is about how did this divine flow be met, how was it manifest in this world? According to the first opinion, that God divided the night, this divine flow, which was beyond all the spiritual cosmos, was also something that entered this world in a way that was completely beyond nature and beyond time. According to nature, Nature and time are not a vessel for this divine flow beyond the spiritual cosmos. And therefore, God had to make a miracle and stop time and stop the orbit in order for this miracle to be manifest in the world because it had to break it because yes. it, couldn't, it couldn't fit into it. So
1: in other words, like in our country, we have three time zones, right? Midnight in New York is not the same as Los Angeles. But if you stop rotation midnight is midnight for as long as it takes to do throughout the entire land, what was the miracle? Well, just the slaughtering of the
0: lamb takes so long, and the circumcision, all of those things... Happen. No, this is but the, kill the first first killing of the firstborn. You stop the rotation the killing the firstborn. Why did this have to happen to kill the firstborn? So that's what he's saying. Since this was a miracle which is beyond the spiritual cosmos, and it wouldn't fit into time, it wouldn't fit into nature. Therefore, according to the first opinion, God has to break nature and stop time in order for it to happen. Um,
1: because otherwise, I mean, if you look at... Egypt is not as big as the United States, but if you look at that, it would be like, okay, if it's midnight in New York
0: then all the people in Los Angeles and the Midwest would be spared. So, and, and vice versa, it goes across. According to the second opinion, it wasn't a miracle. Yeah. It was a miracle that Egyptians Egyptians were killed. But the timing of the miracle wasn't a miracle. God just knows exactly when midnight is. According to that opinion, what that opinion is also saying is that the divine flow that came down to the world at this time wasn't something that w- couldn't fit in the world. It could fit in the world. So there's an a, a, a advantage of the second opinion in the, regarding the divine flow and how it impacted the world. In other words, in our eyes, oh, it's a much bigger miracle if it breaks the, you know, if it stops everything. But the truth is, what's considered a more of a divine feat is like a story of Purim where things happen according to nature. The divine flow goes enters into en- enters into the 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 physical world. But the Torah says whenever you have two opinions, both opinions are the words of the living God, and there is in this um since they both opinions are are the words of the living god we have to say that both things are true so the light of hashem which is beyond the spiritual cosmos it was vested in nature it was vested in time as a second opinion the one who knows what time to make the miracle made, made, made knew that it according to it, it made it it didn't break time it made it within time and yet at the same time that this went within nature it still was revealed Beyond as something that was manifest beyond nature at the same time. It, it went within nature and beyond nature, within time and higher than time at the same time. Why? The, the killing of the firstborn was the last place. It was a, the first step or beginning of the giving of the Torah. What's the giving of the Torah about? The giving of the Torah is about there being a fusion between that which is beyond nature and nature. And therefore by the by the killing of the firstborn also there had to be the fusion of these two things within time and beyond time because it was a prelude to the giving of the torah which brings godliness which is beyond creation within creation in general we saw something similar by the entire story of the exodus of egypt on the one hand Egypt remained in control. There was still a kingdom. There was still it wasn't a God, you know, there was no Egypt and was no Pharaoh anymore, Jews, Jews walk, just walk walked out. The Jews were still in Egypt, and Egypt was still a monarchy. And it was a monarchy that was so powerful that not one slave could leave Egypt. And yet they all left anyways. So it's again, it's the same idea of within nature, yet totally beyond nature. So since we see we mentioned before that the reason we had to do the circumcision, the reason we had to do the Paschal Lamb, was in order to connect to this love of God beyond logical reason. But now that we add another aspect to this, that the divine flow wasn't just beyond logical reason; it also went within law. Lo- it also went within nature. So we have to say that the similar thing also happened by the by the circumcision and the Paschal Lamb, that it wasn't just something that was beyond. Also, must have been something which was which was within as well, because he had to draw this divine flow to be within the world as well, to be manifest and revealed in the world. So, regarding the circumcision, it says that the circumcision has to be done. You see you, you say to him the has physical flesh. It's it is a love of Hashem, the logical reason. That's what it expresses. But what is it? It's in, the, it's in the lowest part of the body. So, the and so to the Paschal Lamb. The Paschal Lamb was a physical sheep; it wasn't even part of the body. It was something outside of the body. So it was—it was—it was a sheep. It wasn't—it wasn't a divine flow within the person. The divine flow, which was extending beyond outside the person into his property. So, so because the Jewish people, um, with these two commandments, not only did they exhibit their devotion to God beyond logical reasons, but they also connected with the physical world as well, with their bodies and with their property. That's why they were able to draw down this light of Hashem to be within a vessel, to be revealed in the world. And that's also why we find something unique about this Paschal Lamb, which is different than all their sacrifices. All their sacrifices are not about a meal, not about eating. The Paschal Lamb is about eating. You could eat other sacrifices too, um, but that's just a separate mitzvah. The mitzvah to offer the sacrifices, not the mitzvah to eat the sacrifice. By the, by the Paschal Lamb, it's unique, it's about eating it. Why is it about eating it? The reason is because the idea of the Paschal Lamb is about internalizing this devotion to Hashem, biological reason in, in ourselves, in our physical body. Although eating is something that we are similar to animals, in, in the fact, that we eat. The G-d says there are some things that we are similar to animals, one of them is eating. And, and so because the idea of the offering the Paschal Lamb was about the, bringing down this, the, this infinite devotion to Hashem in ourselves in a natural, down-to-earth way, therefore the sacrifice is about a meal. It's about bringing it into, your, into yourself and what part of yourself, the part of yourself that is similar to an animal, part of yourself that needs to eat. So the true idea of freedom is not just that the soul is, 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 is free from the of the body or free from the of the animal soul. The true idea of freedom is that the animal soul and the body is free as well. And not just the body is free or the animal soul is free, but that our area in the world, our, our, where, our, our homes, our property is also free. And, so, so there, and that in, the, in our body, in our animal soul, and in our property, there's a revelation of the light of our soul. That should be revealed there as well. So, in order, so therefore the preparation Pesach was about true freedom Freedom of the soul, freedom of the body Freedom of the animal soul, freedom about our property So that's why On the one hand it was Faith, what's faith? Faith is freedom of the soul As We were discussing yesterday at the Febringian Freedom means, faith in Hashem means There's not even a Kapishka, Not even a, an ounce of idol. Is kapushka Russian? Kapushka
1: grip Mushroom?
0: Oh, that's something else Kapashkeh in Yiddish means a a tiny bit. So the Rebbe said a tiny bit of idolatry is also idolatry. So when we had to have, when we left Egypt, we had to have an expression of our faith in God. We we had to have an expression of our soul, full expression of the soul, faith. And then the second thing is we had to have a circumcision on our body to free our body as well. We had to also have to offer the sheep. We had to also have a freedom in our property. And since in order to bring something down to such a low level, it um, must come from a much higher place, therefore, we must say that as high as the divine energy in circumcision, and the fact that it, it leaves it, it, it connected with the physical body, and as high as the the um, divine flow in the Paschal Lamb it must be that the, that the divine flow in the Paschal Lamb is even higher because it doesn't just descend in the body, the divine flow in the Paschal Lamb descends into our property and that's the true expression of the freedom, the Jewish people the great wealth that they left Egypt with and until they, that there was a freedom in their property, in, in their physical property they did not have full freedom that's what you find that the the blood of the, the circumcision, the blood of the Paschal Lamb um, I'm sorry, that the blood of circumcision was a preparation of the blood of the Paschal Lamb. In other words, what's higher? The thing you're preparing for. So what's, beyond the, the circumcision, where do you see the the, the the infinite flow of godliness when it extends beyond the body, but extends also in the property? The Torah says like this. Just like God took us out of Egypt and showed us wonders then, He will show us wonders again when Mashiach will come. And just like we left Egypt, it was the merit of our faith in God. And it wasn't just our open faith in God, but it was the fact that this faith in God came down into our minds, into our hearts, into our bodies. So too, when we talk about the coming of Mashiach, it will come in the merit of our faith in God, despite the great concealment of gallinness. We have to arouse our simple faith in God, that Mashiach has come, and it's about to happen. And this faith shouldn't just remain in a way that's hovering over us, something which is abstract. But just like in Egypt, that they bring it into their body, into their property, so too we have to bring this faith in Hashem, faith in coming in Mashiach, in a way that it, it goes into our minds, into our hearts, and even the lowest parts of ourselves, like like the, like the circumcision. And this is achieved by learning Chassidus, Chabad Chassidus. Chabad Chassidus has the ability to bring our faith in God in a way that makes sense to us in our minds and affects our uh, and affects our character. As Alter said, the purpose of chassidus is to change the nature of our character, and this is the preparation for coming of Mashiach. As Mashiach told him, the when will he come? Will come. And the walls of chassidus are spread to the outside. All right. Baruch. <laughs> Baruch. <laughs> <laughs> Should see it happens. Yes. No less, but, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I don't know what the hierarchy in Egypt was, but in most countries, firstborn son is the king is there any commentary about why Pharaoh was spared? You,
0: uh, there's, there is there is a commentary about this. It says in the Torah, only one remained, ah. and it was and, and Pharaoh came later. The king of Nineveh, God wanted him to see the um, he was he wasn't he wanted to, to reveal himself to Pharaoh further. Um, why why Pharaoh merited that? There's a discussion, but God wanted to reveal himself further to Pharaoh when he became the king of Ninveh, It's so a point of one opinion. That's interesting. Okay. We continue. We okay. <laughs> continue with yes, yes. let's continue. Let's continue and bring the faith down into our minds. Let's okay. think about it. Mashiach is coming today. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Amen.
1: amen, amen.